Hello and welcome to the Keswick Convention Podcast. I'm your host, James Carey. In fact, I'm your co-host. The other co-host is Rachel Redeemed and she's with me now. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Jan. Yes, the listener is uh, privileged to get both of us this season and uh, that sounded like a nice bit of new music for us and all. Yes, new music, new format for the podcast. Rather than just one interview with one person, we're talking to a couple of different people, maybe even more than a couple in some episodes, about uh, a theme. And it's the theme of this year's uh, convention. What is that, Rachel? The theme is Grateful. So we're going to be looking at how we can be grateful in all kinds of situations when, if we're honest, it doesn't come naturally to many of us. I think as British people, we can probably compete as expert, ungrateful moaners if we're not careful. Moaning is definitely a strength. Let's get straight into it. Today, I'm in the driving seat looking at why even be grateful in the first place. And I'll be talking to the Ministry Director of the Keswick Convention, James Robson about why this is the theme for the convention this year. And then I spoke to Germa Bishaw for his perspective. He came over to Britain to get away from a war in Ethiopia. So stay tuned for that. Speak to you later, Rachel. See you in a mo. Let's have that chat with James Robson. So James, the theme for the 2022 convention is grateful. Why is it grateful? Well, um, grateful really highlights the right response, it seems to me, to a generous God. But, but being grateful doesn't really come naturally. So I'm going to think how many times do children need to be told to say thank you? And the Apostle Paul in Romans identifies this as a fundamental human problem. He says, though they knew God, they did not honour him as God or give thanks to him. And as Christians, we're all called to be grateful. So Paul writes again, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And for me, gratitude, it seems from the, right through the Bible, it's the heart of our spiritual lives. When we're grateful, we're responding to God as we should. We recognise how generous he is, how good he is and how much we owe him. And when we're grateful, other things get kicked out. We can't whine, we can't be proud, we can't be self-pitying. We can't be entitled, thinking we deserve better. But without it, then our discipleship seems just to wither and die. So generosity is stifled because it's mine. I deserve it. It's mine. And love and service become joyless because we can just feel like a martyr. So that's why. I'm just going to pick up on something you mentioned there. It's easy for gratitude could be we, we serve God to give thanks to him, that it's almost like, a, well, he's loved us, so we therefore need to love him. And our gratitude almost becomes a work of service in its own right. How do we, how do we guard against that? Or do we not need to? That's a great question. I mean, I, I think Paul says in Colossians that one way of responding rightly and pleasing God is by giving joyful thanks to him. So, but I don't think that's a kind of a performance that work that brings merit. It's rather um, something that bubbles up from within as a, as a natural response to God's goodness and kindness by his grace. Yeah. I guess in a way there's a, a bit like a marriage. There is that duty which you've signed up to, which you sometimes feel like doing and sometimes you don't in terms of what you say, how you behave and what you do. And there are other times when it, it is overflowing and in one sense it's it's both and, isn't it? Nothing. that's exactly right. We in the 
20th, 21st centuries, we tend to think that authenticity is only doing what I feel like doing. But the wonderful thing about the Psalms is that they call, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. And it, it's about shaping, it's about retuning our hearts, it's not just reflecting where we're at at this moment, it's about retuning and reshaping us so that we do do that. And why now? Why, why are we hitting, you know, is this not a year where we get to feel sorry for ourselves or, you know, I don't, I don't know how you would encapsulate that in a theme, but um, licking our wounds 2022. Uh, why did you go for this? Or maybe I've answered my own question. Paul says, give, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And it's certainly true sometimes, I suppose, when we have good things on our plate, we forget to say thank you as well. Um, so maybe when we're flourishing, and feeling things are going really well, that's also a good time for a theme. But, I, but it seems uh, when things are difficult and challenging, it's also a good time for uh, this theme because it's the right response to a generous God and a good God. Mm. And so how do we begin to do that rather than kind of making ourselves say thank you? And you've referred to uh, how, how we get kids to say thank you, and we often have to get them to say thank you for something we know they don't really want to say thank you for. And auntie's given them a particularly disastrous present for which they have to write a thank you letter. Um, how, how is what we're advocating not that? Well, I think the first and most obvious thing is that we haven't received disastrous presents, <laughs> a Christmas present. <laughs> so there's a sense in which um, we've received amazing things from God's hand and therefore it's right and good and proper and wonderful to be able to acknowledge him. And we're rightly related with him as we do that and rightly connecting with him. And um, it, it, it's spiritually kind of in line with what he wants, but also with what's good for ourselves as we do that. Deuteronomy is a bit of a strong suit for you. You've uh, written a book uh, on Deuteronomy for the people of God. And I guess reading back on Exodus, actually, for my own, uh, my own journey, as it were, the amount of grumbling and ungratefulness of the people of God in the wilderness is astonishing. Um, how do you reflect on, on Deuteronomy in particular, but also the people in the wilderness and, and what we can learn from that and how we can, uh, you know, the, the dire consequences of their grumbling, is, it's pretty awful, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. The dire, their grumbling is very striking. I think the particular um, chapter I look to in, in Deuteronomy is Deuteronomy chapter 8. The first part of the chapter, you've got this kind of call to um, remember their experience back in the wilderness. And one of the things they have to remember is that a person does not live on bread alone, man does not live on bread alone, on every word that comes to the mouth of the Lord. And then because they remember this, they're to know certain things and to keep his commands. But then you find as the chapter goes on, it moves from looking back to uh, life in the wilderness forward to a day when they are entering into the land. And um, when they're going to enter into the land, um, they... The, he talks, Moses talks about the prospering, the flourishing, the, the, the wonderful bounty and the good things. And then uh, you find in, in saying chapter 8 and verse 17, uh, do not say in your heart, don't even think that you've done this all yourself. And it's much more they are to give thanks to the Lord, even for the gifts that they've got. So it's like the lessons of the wilderness and their dependence and their trust and all they've experienced in the Lord then are to shape their life in the land. And so gratitude and 
which they should of course have had in the wilderness, um, is to inform their life of plenty in the land. Interesting, I, I believe also it's the case in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10 that um, it says that they should, um, that the, the people of God should, uh, they're going to eat and be full and they're to bless the Lord or give thanks to the Lord. And I understand that this is, um, I probably use checking, but that this is the root of um, Jewish people giving, saying grace after the meal because you eat and get uh, and a full and bless the Lord because the other side of it. So Deuteronomy 8 for you. My, my, my school hedged their bets on this one and we, we've had grace before and after uh, the meal. Uh, but I suspect that's not particularly common practice uh, anywhere anymore. We'll be back with James Robson shortly. And then I spoke to Reverend Dr. Germa Bishaw. He uh, serves as the director of the Gratitude Initiative, which he founded. It's a charity that exists to promote the sharing of gratitude to change the social imagination that leads to relational transformation and a harmonious and just society in Britain. And before that, he was the pastor of the Ethiopian Christian Fellowship Church. So here's what he had to say about why he set up this organisation and how it relates to his own story. I think my own uh, journey uh, uh, to Britain is, I think, one of the... <clears throat> motivational factor uh, in this because I came from Ethiopia when Ethiopia was in civil war with Eritrea and as a young man knowing absolutely no one and nothing about Britain and expecting nobody to meet at, at the airport. So um, I was received and I was uh, given a place to live, a money to live by, opportunity to work, to study and to be a contributor uh, in the society. And that really um, created a, a heart of gratitude for, for, for towards Britain and, and, and really appreciating the generosity that I have experienced in this, in this country. And now when I observe the public arena and kind of the perception, kind of the, the, the relationship between the host community as well as the migrant community, those, that kind of negativity as if, um, there isn't any good thing in in, in 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 this country, in our country, and that 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 lack of platform to talk about the the best that we have in Britain. When speaking to Christians, at least, are there particular scriptures that you're going to to really help people to understand the importance of not just generically giving thanks, but really understand what it means to be to be grateful to God? Uh, it's good to start from defining what we mean by gratitude. Obviously. Um, we understand, sometimes we understand gratitude to be a transactional thing. It's a kind of very passive waiting for somebody to do something for you. And, but in a biblical, um, in my understanding, gratitude is an acknowledgement of the good. It is not a, a passive engagement for waiting for somebody to do something for you. It, when you acknowledge the good, then the, your response varies. It could be verbal. You might say, thank you for this, and you express your, your, your thanks in words. It could be also be motivational. You see good that encourages you to, to motivate you to do good. It could also be, uh, you know, it changes your opinion because you acknowledge the good in others and you ch that changes your opinion of them and that changes your relationship. So it's, it is acknowledging the primacy of the good. The good has primacy. 
when I talk to uh, uh, Christians, I think that biblically, um, I, the, the scripture I usually go to is First Corinthians um, chapter four, verse seven, where Paul says, uh, asks a rhetorical question. He says, "For who makes you different from anyone else?" And he says, uh, "What do you have that you didn't receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you didn't?" He's really saying, you know, to help us understand that everything we have is actually the, 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 something that we have, you know, it's a gift that we have received. Everything we have is a gift. Our salvation is a gift. So it's, it's, it's really acknowledging the giftedness of life. So, so what's, what comes out of that is gratitude. Uh, you know, he, he says, uh, you know, he says, uh, all things are yours, whether it is Paul or this and that, uh, the future, the life or days or the present, the future, all is yours, all things are yours, and you are of Christ. So that that kind of attitude of gratitude with an acknowledgement of the giftedness of life is where, where our, our, our that you know, the, our posture should be. And Jesus, when he sent the uh, um, uh, the message to the seven churches. Uh, he didn't start by highlighting the wrongs in them, highlighting their weaknesses and what I've done. In fact, the church that was more in, 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 a, in a very bad situation received more gratitude, more acknowledgement of the good in them than the church uh, which was in, in a better position. Those um, letters to, in the book of Revelation you mentioned really are striking, aren't they? And we looked at those at last year's Keswick Convention um, uh, in the evenings, and I, I read one of them uh, aloud uh, for the convention, and it is astonishing. When he gets onto the bad bits, what, the fact that he starts with good bits, uh, the bad bits seem so incredibly bad that it seems impossible uh, that this letter to the church would begin with praise, and yet it does. It is quite strikingly countercultural, isn't it? Um, That's right. Especially within the church, in the, white, in yeah. the mainstream culture, yeah. uh, people are always told to give praise first and then give your critique. Um, whereas actually Christ Christians can be extremely critical because they think, well, we're all brothers here and we all uh, we all worship God. And so therefore he demands the following things. And we, we don't we don't acknowledge the good first, uh, yeah. which we really should do. So that's how we would speak within the church, as it were, about this attitude of gratitude, as you said, which is a wonderful uh, phrase. But your vision is even bigger, as it were, than the church, but it's for the whole of, of the whole of Britain. And therefore, how do you find it when you're trying to relate from a Christian perspective into a more secular environment? And how receptive are people to these ideas of being grateful when they don't necessarily share, obviously, your Christian conviction? Yeah. So uh, what fascinates me about gratitude is really um, it's, it's a common currency. It's a, it's a common human currency you know, that could bring communities together because its presence makes us happy. Uh, you know, if, you know, when you drive and uh, you, you give priority to someone and someone expresses their, their gratitude by thanks, they somehow with sign, you'll be happy. When they don't, then you, you don't feel, um, you know, you'll be, uh, you, that its absence offends you. So where you acknowledge the good, the good is promoted. Yeah. And the, the tendency to, focus uh, on the negative to start our conversation with the negative is it's uh, it's really uh, a common thing because the, pro the problem is when you experience uh, the wrongs and the bad it has this uh, dominant um, uh, factor in changing the way you see others and the way you, you 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 start your conversation so 
when you come and acknowledge the good and celebrate the good and talk about the good stories in the community, it, uh, it really releases people to engage in, in a positive manner. So the, the other thing is really when you are grateful, when you acknowledge the good in your community, uh, you are also acknowledging that, uh, you, you know, you are where you are today by the contribution of thousands of people. So you st- during the, the lockdown, um, the lockdown and during this, this pandemic, people, you know, we, we start to realize how precious the things are in, 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 in life. Now, you might, you might not even uh, remember some of the things that became uh, the main thing. You, you know, the cleaners... Uh, they clean in the morning, they, they live in the evening. You don't really consider kind of the, take to take time to appreciate what they're doing in a daily basis. Now, you know, you, the table needs to be clean. The, the, the office needs to be clean. You realize that cleanliness actually uh, contributes to your health. And there are so many small things in life that we have taken as granted. We start to highlight and, and talk about it. So when you start to um, acknowledge the contribution of others that highlights our limitation that we are actually limited that you know we, we that our need of others and uh, so so the way you look at others would would change when when that happens we'll be hearing from Gurma again in future episodes let's just get back to my conversation with James Robson let's talk about um, the Keswick convention and the ministries you're the, the director of ministry for Keswick how how are you giving thanks for the last couple of years um, in particular because obviously there have been massive challenges and changes and difficulties some things will never be the same again how, how are you grateful for what's gone I guess before I get there, I would want to say I want to be careful talking about grateful. The kind of um, we know something bad is going to happen. It's the thought we're about to receive. May the Lord make us truly thankful. And there is a place for lament. There is a place for crying out, "How long, O Lord?" And um, but I say alongside that, in the midst of pain and struggle, we can give thanks to the Lord. And sometimes with the eye of faith as well, I think we are able to thank God for some things he's allowed to bring into our lives that are themselves not good. I, I think of a friend who's um, got terminal cancer and he says that the reality of fellowship with God and the love of God he's experienced in that time and love of other Christians um, has been extraordinary. And he said his testimony he wouldn't have it any other way. So um, give, thank for, give thanks in, maybe sometimes even giving thanks for. So I suppose for... But, but be qualified, I think, with that, the place for lament. So I guess for, for us as a Keswick Ministries, we are very grateful for God's grace enabling us to hold a physical convention last summer. It was pretty much the only uh, event that took place, a Christian event. Thankful for the amazing team of staff and volunteers and contractors who enabled that. So there's something really there. And it was an incredible privilege to be able to sing after we churches have been silent for 16 months to be able to sing and to give thanks for that and we're very grateful that um, in, again in God's mercy and kindness in that event we were almost completely untouched by Covid um, which was re- amazing if you think this was in July and August um, and then I'm grateful that as we've been able to develop and grow I think through that so we've had um, improve the online offering so people from all over the UK and the world can access it through a revamped website and then just streaming much more than we ever did before and had 
um, encouragement messages from all over the place, um, which is, I think that's something we can give great thanks for. I guess that reminds me of the of the moment where the disciples, the apostles were scattered um, and the early church was scattered, wasn't it? And suddenly everything goes out. And in the similar sort of way, all of these resources that the Keswick ministries have been sitting on have been made available to the world in some particular way at the risk of sounding too uh, pompous about uh, the Keswick <laughs> Convention. Able to think of new ways of making them available, I think, yeah. exactly. Um, That's great. Thank you. As the so you're slightly on the hook for the, the Keswick Convention in terms of the coming convention, what are you most looking forward to uh, in 2022? Obviously, in 2020, we had only could do meet virtually. In 2021, we wonderfully were able to go ahead, but we were with significantly limited numbers. Please, Lord, be wonderful to have all God's people united on one site this year. Um, we are on the pencil factory site, which is um, as well as all of all on one location. So the all one in Christ Jesus, young and old, of all backgrounds being together, is just always really, really exciting. And I sense people are weary, still weary, very weary, and the chance to gather and to be refreshed and renewed spiritually, to be encouraged. Um, that's always wonderful. And if you can't be encouraged and, and feel grateful on a beautiful day in the summer in, the, in Keswick, uh, looking at those wonderful fells around. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you, I suppose. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Time to wrap up. How did that sound to you, Rachel? Anything leap out at you? Yes, I really resonated with what James said at the beginning about gratefulness being right there at the heart of our spiritual lives. And if it is there, then what gets kicked out? namely things like pride or self-pity. Those things can't flourish as well if we are being grateful. And bluntly, we're so reliant on God for everything, whether we realise it or not. In spiritual terms, I was thinking about how it isn't going to be in front of us because we're looking at tables and chairs and people. But if we crack open the Bible or talk about Jesus with other Christians, we really do have so much to be thankful for. I was very convicted of the message about not grumbling from reading about the Israelites in the wilderness. I get just so frustrated with the ungrateful Israelites time and time again. But then at the same time, know that I need the very same message tattooed into my own brain cells. Yeah. What about for you? Yeah, yeah, no, that grumbling thing. Even the word grumbling is sort of onomatopoeic, isn't it? Actually, um, I love the fact that an attitude of gratitude rhymes and that partly makes it true in its own right. It doesn't quite work like that, does it? Um, but actually, Germa's comment about the primacy of the good, I thought, was came across really strongly from that. And the fact that the good comes first and we mustn't just focus on the evil, the bad, the wrong, the could be better, but that the good comes first. And that actually changes everything if we think about it that way. A bit like in creation where God makes everything and it's good. And although stuff goes wrong and that sin enters the world, there's still goodness um, uh, in the world. So we could do well to focus on that. Yes. And... Yeah, what would happen if we did flip things around and focus on that first? I really liked what Goma had said about gratefulness not being a passive thing and that if you see good, it motivates you to do good. And again, just remembering that gratefulness is a relational thing because it can change your opinion of someone. And if then that changes your opinion of someone, that will change your relationship with them. And hopefully that would be for good as well. I feel I... 
I feel the rub of that when I've had a challenge in a relationship. Maybe there was a missed expectation or just something's gone a bit skew if. Um, and as you shared, Jam, we can be just so quick to focus on the negative first. And that ties into something I'm reading as well at the moment from a book I'm really enjoying called The Happy Christian by David Murray. And he makes a really interesting point that similarly, we spend so much of our time being trained for this, whether as parents correcting children again, or maybe in a work setting, combing through a document or an email, looking to pick out those errors or those spelling mistakes. We've been trained from <laughs> from a young age to find things that are wrong. But actually, if we're really not careful, we can end up doing that in all of life. We've got episodes coming up on parenting and on the workplace that you've uh, mentioned there as well. And also you use the word skew if, uh, which I haven't heard used for a while. And I love <laughs> that word. So I think on that word, uh, we're done. If you enjoyed the podcast, why not leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts? Or even better, share this podcast with a friend, get them to listen and then have a conversation about it in person or on the phone or on the phone. Go old school. Old school, yeah. Actual conversations. That'd be good, wouldn't it? And don't forget to plan your trip to this year's Keswick Convention in July and into early August up in the Lake District. It'll be great to see you there. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Jam. Speak to you next time. Cheerio. Cheerio.